الحمد لله الحمد لله وكفى والصلاة والسلام على عباده الذين اصطفى أما بعد فاعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم وما خنقت الجن والإنس إلا ليعبدون وقال النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم الإيمان بضعو سبعون شعبة فأفضلها قول لا إله إلا الله وأدناها إماطة الأذى عن الطريق والحياء شعبة من الإيمان أو كما قال النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم مستشفتر الرمان الكرام رتزن الرزق These little discussions, these muzakaras, these are merely a reminder, something that we need to keep refreshing. In the Quran Sharif, Allah Ta'ala says, وَذَكِّرْ فَإِنَّ الذِّكْرَا تَنْفَعُ الْمُؤْمِنِينَ That remind, verily a reminder is very beneficial for the believers. تَنْفَعُ الْمُؤْمِنِينَ this reminder is beneficial for the believers from the law of what is termed as balagha, rhetoric. What meaning this word gives here is that it continuously gives off the benefit. And wazakir this two means continuously keep reminding and tanfaul mu'mineen it will keep giving its benefit so all the time we require a reminder the speaker requires this reminder we all require the reminder and every time in every aspect of deen there is a reminder person listens to the azan five times a day and five times a day, this azan is a complete dawat. After the azan is completed in the Hadith Sharif, Rasulullah says that the person who listens to the azan attentively, so he listens to the azan attentively and he replies to what the muazzin has stated. The muazzin says, Allahu Akbar, Allahu Akbar. He also says, Allahu Akbar, Allahu Akbar. Muazzin says, Ashhadu an la ilaha illallah, he says the same. Ashhadu anna Muhammadur Rasulullah, he also replies. Then Hayyal al-Salah, Hayyal al-Falah, he replies with la hawla wa la quwwata illa billah. And then again, Allahu Akbar, Allahu Akbar, la ilaha illallah, he replies accordingly. And after having replied to the azan, listening attentively to the azan, and replying to the azan in the manner that was just mentioned, and thereafter, he recites durood on Rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam, and then recites the dua after adhan, the dua that Nabi sallallahu alaihi wasallam taught. These masnoon duas, duas for the various occasions, from the beginning of the day to the end of the day. At every occasion, you will find Nabi sallallahu alaihi wasallam that his day was filled with some dua or the other all the various occasions at the time of waking up before entering the toilet after leaving the toilet before wudu, during wudu after wudu morning du'as, evening du'as 
before entering the masjid, at every occasion dua. And among those various duas is this dua after adhan. And these are things to, duas to learn. These are filled with great things that a person asks from Allah Ta'ala. And he's asking in the words of Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. And when a person asks in the words of Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, those words are very beloved to Allah Ta'ala. So the person who asks in those words, inshallah those words will be accepted. But to ask consciously. So in any case, this dua after azan, Allahumma rabba hadihi da'wati tamma. O Allah, the Rabb of this complete da'wat, this complete invitation. وَالصَّلَاةِ الْقَائِمَا آتِ مُحَمَّدًا الْوَسِيلَةَ وَالْفَضِيلَةَ وَبَعَثُمْ مَقَامًا مَحْمُودًا الَّذِي وَعَدْتَهُ إِنَّكَ لَا تُخْلِفُ الْمِعَادِ This entire dua. And thereafter he makes dua to Allah Ta'ala. Nabi Islam says, وَجَبَتْ لَهُ شَفَاعَتِ The person who listened to the azan attentively and he replied to the muazzin, then he recited this dua after azan, then my shafaat and intercession becomes compulsory for him. The shafaat of Rasulullah the intercession on the day of Qiyamah will only happen for mu'mineen, for believers. The great muhaddith Mullah Ali Qari he says on the basis of this, that this glad tiding is actually a glad tiding of death on Iman. That a person who keeps up with this, and who knows which particular occasion it might get accepted, this becomes the glad tiding for the death on Iman. Now outwardly this is a very small amal, small in the sense of time-wise effort. There's no great effort required in it. There isn't any great amount of time spent in it, few seconds. Oh, from the time of the azan commencing till the end of the dua, few minutes. But for it is such a great reward, because it's not just the matter of just reciting something. There are so many things involved in it. It is the respect for this great shi'ar and symbol of Islam, Azan. He respected the Azan. This respect for the Azan is a very great thing, because respect itself is a very great thing. So he respected the symbol of Deen. Then he replied in the way that Nabi Wasallam taught him, he respected what Nabi Wasallam taught. He did not ignore that. He did not give no regard to it. He respected it. He gave it due regard. So, and then after that, this is a dua in which he asked for this great station of wasila for Rasulullah and the maqam Mahmud. So all this put together brings such a great virtue for it. That wajabat lahu shafa'ati yawm al-qiyam that my shafa and intercession will be compulsory for him, which now becomes a glad tiding for death on Iman, inshallah. Now, this is one part of it, but now this azan is the same azan that a person will listen to from the morning Fajr time, Zohar, Asar, Maghrib, Isha. Same azan he listen to. And in the azan is the same words. Besides in the Fajr azan, As-salatu khayrun min al because now he is in the deep sleep, so he's been told, salatu khayrun min al-nawm. Salah is better than sleep. Now give up the sleep. For the sake of Allah Ta'ala, leave the sleep behind and answer the call of Allah Ta'ala. 
But what is this dua? What is this azan? Adda'wati tamma. It's a complete invitation. And the invitation, the same invitation, which is a reminder. It's a reminder to salah. Whereas now the reminder to salah, one thing could have been repeated. As-salah, as-salah repeatedly. That's a reminder. Come for salah now. It's time for salah. Hayya ala salah. Just hayya ala salah from beginning to end. But no. The reminder of so many things. It starts off with the reminder of Allah Ta'ala is the greatest. Allahu Akbar, Allahu Akbar. Not one time, not two times. Four times at the beginning. Allahu Akbar, Allahu Akbar. Allahu Akbar, Allahu Akbar. Again towards the end. The reminder of Allah Ta'ala is the greatest. So now when Allah Ta'ala is the greatest and we have believed in that. So now, when a person has reminded himself also repeatedly, Allah Ta'ala is the greatest. Why will he not now become a very humble slave of Allah Ta'ala? Why will he not now totally clean his heart of all pride and arrogance? Because he's getting this reminder so often. Fajr time, Fajr namaz time six times, then Zuhar number six. The whole day five azan six times five, thirty times he's getting reminded Allahu Akbar, Allahu Akbar. And then the whole salah, from beginning to the end of salah, every posture, Allahu Akbar. When this has settled in the heart, unfortunately, the azan is taking place, we're not listening, we're not replying attentively, now he's listening also, then he's replying as well. This is supposed to now settle in the heart, the greatness of Allah Ta'ala. And the greatness of Allah Ta'ala settles in the heart, then everything else disappears. Then his vanity, and his pride, and his arrogance, and thinking something of himself, and thinking great of the makhluk, all this then comes out of the heart. He will appreciate all the bounties and the na'mas and favors of Allah Ta'ala, but the greatness of Allah Ta'ala will be in his heart, not the greatness of things. Things will not now be the, will not occupy his heart. Allah Ta'ala is the greatest. And then he will be totally humble. The greatest of all the makhluk of Allah Ta'ala, the greatest of the creation of Allah Ta'ala was Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. And because he had the greatest amount of the greatness of Allah Ta'ala and azmat of Allah Ta'ala in his heart, he was the most humble servant of Allah Ta'ala. And this is something at every occasion, this was manifested. Utmost humility, despite being the greatest. And this is, that to the extent that there is greatness is like a tree with fruit. How much fruit? And how big fruit? How heavy fruit? Accordingly that tree will now bow down. Those branches will come very low. And a fruitless tree will stand very high. Nabi Islam completely humble in front of Allah Ta'ala. In all the aspects of life, if you consider from beginning to end, how he sat, how he walked, how he ate. Once one person came to see Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, at that time he was eating. Eating in a very humble way. In a squatting position. He saw Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi in this condition and it had such an impact on him, he began actually trembling. Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam said, no, nothing to tremble about. I'm just the servant of Allah Ta'ala. And, Aakulu kama ya'kulul abd. Ajlisu kama yajlisul abd. I sit like a slave. I eat like a slave, complete slave, slave of Allah Ta'ala. In among the various du'as, 
the du'as actually speak the heart of a person. The du'as actually speak the heart of a person. What is in the heart comes out in du'a. When a person has to, unfortunately, we often don't make du'a also. And sometimes when we do make du'a, then the only thing that is in the heart is what will come in the, in the du'a. Somebody now, when he's really in a tight spot, and there's a financial crunch, for example, so now that is what will come in the du'a now, because that is in the heart. person has got some domestic issue, so now some du'a will come. What will come in the du'a? Only the domestic issue. Somebody now wants to really get married. So now morning, afternoon, evening, everybody is meeting also, he's saying, make du'a. You ask him a little bit more, what du'a you want? Then he'll just smile. Say, but might be something. He says, no, well, make du'a, get married quickly. No problem, by all means. I should make that du'a. I make du'a for everything. Nabi Islam taught us to make du'a for everything. A person needs the most mundane thing, most trivial thing outwardly. To the extent Nabi Islam says, if a person requires shoelace. There's an example, an example of something very minor, very trivial. But that to ask from Allah Ta'ala first. So, what we are saying is, that what is in the heart, a person's dua actually speaks his heart. And we are talking about the humility of Rasulullah Wasallam. In one of the duas of Nabi Wasallam, the dua, the words of the dua are, how can a person even describe it? It's drenched in humility. Allahumma innaka tasma'u kalami wa tara makani Ya Allah, you are hearing what I am saying. You are seeing me. You know what is hidden, what is open. Nothing is concealed from you. Everything is open in front of you. And thereafter the words of the dua. Allah, I am completely down and out. Al-Mustaghithul Mustajir. Completely one who is pleading to you and begging your, begging your protection. Al-Wajilul Mushfiq. Somebody who is in total fear. As'aluka mas'alat al-miskeen. Ya Allah, I beg from you like a beggar. Abtahilu ilayka ibtihal al-muznibi zalil. Allah, somebody who is completely Whereas Nabi Islam was completely masoom, sinless. But he's saying, Allah, I'm begging from you like a person who has committed sin and is totally degraded. Whereas there was nobody more elevated than Nabi Islam. Allah, the person who is fearful and blind, a blind person is walking in a Place. He doesn't know where he is, how he'll be fearing, and how he'll shout out for help. Somebody who is now ashamed and he's standing in front of his master with his head bowed and his neck now completely bent over. Allah, I'm begging from you in that manner. Somebody whose tears have flowed out of complete humility. His whole Body has now been totally humbled in front of you. Somebody who has now, that person who is really, he's rubbed his nose in the ground. 
Subhanallah, can we imagine the wording of this dua? And who's asking? Rasulullah Sallallahu is asking. Who can? We can only relate this, and we can't even imagine the depth of it. But this was the heart of Nabi Sallallahu speaking. A person's heart comes out in his dua. The condition of his heart gets expressed in his dua. The aspirations of his heart come out in his dua. And the feelings of his heart, this gets expressed in his dua. A person who is all the time, his concern is his dunya. He should make dua for his dunya also. He should make dua for afiat in dunya. He should make dua for barakat in dunya. But if a person is only concerned his dunya, then he will say, Rabbana atina fi dunya hasana. In different words, this is where he will stop. In his own words, in his own manner, he will finish off here. Because if akhirat and the concern for akhirat and the yearning for akhirat, if that is not there, then he will finish off here. In his general du'as, he might read Rabbana Atina in total, but he won't even reflect on that. And then what he asks, he'll finish off with dunya. But the person who has akhirat, he'll make du'a for his dunya also. But wafil akhirati hasana, waqina adab al-nar. Allah grant me the good of akhirat as well. Save me from the punishment of the qabr, the punishment of jahannam. So Nabi Wasallam was this completely humble servant of Allah Ta'ala. Why? Because he had the greatest azmat of Allah Ta'ala. He was the one who recognized Allah Ta'ala more than anyone. And to the extent of a person's marifat, to the extent that he has recognized Allah Ta'ala, to that extent he will be with all the sifat and qualities of Iman. To that extent he left taqwa. To that extent he'll have khashiyat and the fear of Allah Ta'ala. To that extent he'll have this tawazu and humility. To that extent he will have this khushu and khudu in him. All the various qualities that are required in a mu'min, it will be to the extent of marifat. Like the person who has recognized dunya, then to that extent he can work for it, he can sacrifice for it, he can do whatever he takes, because he's recognized what dunya is all about. When he's recognized and gained the marifat of Allah Ta'ala, then to sacrifice for Allah Ta'ala, to sacrifice his haram desires for the pleasure of Allah Ta'ala, to sacrifice whatever comes in his way and becomes an obstacle in fulfilling the command of Allah Ta'ala, he can pass that obstacle. He can jump across that hurdle. He can push aside those temptations. And he can still do whatever he takes to be obedient to Allah Ta'ala. To what extent? To the extent of his marifat. So, we are discussing the aspect of the reminder that this reminder in the azan, reminder of Allahu Akbar, Allahu Akbar. And then the reminder, every azan, Muslim, we will hear the Muslim saying it, we will have to repeat it also. We will repeat it. Ashhadu Allah ilaha illallah, Ashhadu Anna Muhammadan Rasulullah. The reminder that we bear witness that there is none worthy of worship but Allah Ta'ala. So now, we only worship Allah Ta'ala. When a person has now reminded himself, morning, afternoon, evening, so many times, every azan, and that's not one time, each azan, twice it will be said, Ashhadu Allah ilaha illallah, Ashhadu Allah ilaha illallah. To remind ourselves, to put this deep down in the heart. 
So now when a person has reminded himself, now he won't make his desires his deity. Like in the Quran Sharif, Allah Ta'ala says, أَفَرَأَيْتَ مَنِ اتَّخَذَ إِلَاهَهُ هَوَىٰ Have you seen the person who made his desire his deity? He's worshipping his desire. Whatever the desire wants, that is what he does. And he just keeps following his desires. And what becomes the reason for this? Or what is the reason for this? The reason is that when a person was faced with those situations where nafs and shaitan were tempting towards various things and where the fitnas were now attacking. Fitnas attack the heart. And the person did not repel those fitnas from the heart. How is going to repel it? The fitnas of nudity were attacking the heart. The fitnas of haram glances were attacking the heart. The fitna of gambling was attacking the heart. The fitna of wrong statements and words and vulgar languages, that was attacking the heart. The fitna of music, the fitna of ghibat, the fitna of all the various things externally and internally. Fitna of pride, of malice, of jealousy. You know, these are all fitnas. In various guises, in various ways these fitnas come. Fitna of love of dunya, fitna of the ego. But now each time that this, and it will keep attacking dunya is dunya. Nafs and shaitan, when shaitan was rejected from the heavens, he was azazil, he was mu'allimul malaika. But when he refused to make that sajda Allah Ta'ala commanded him and he got rejected forever, then he also said something as he left. قَالَ رَبِّ بِمَا أَغْوَيْتَنِي لَأُزَيِّنَنَّ لَهُمْ فِي الْأَرْضِ وَلَأُغْوِيَنَّهُمْ أَجْمَعِينَ Allah, you rejected me. I'm also going to do something. I'm going to now adorn the things in the dunya. All the evils, all the haram, all the things that are sources of destruction. I'm going to camouflage it. And all the filth and the dirt, I'm going to put it in a very attractive wrapping. All the things that will become a source of complete misery, I will package it in something very, very attractive. So now because of the attractive packaging, because of the shiny gift wrap, but inside what is filled is something else. People now take it wholesale. And as a result, I'll package it in this, adorn it in this manner, and I will deviate everyone. But he also had to then acknowledge that Illa ibadaka min humul mukhlasin. Allah, there are some servants of yours I won't be able to touch. And who are those servants? Those who give themselves to Allah Ta'ala. So now the person who, when all these fitnas were coming, he repelled them. He turned to Allah Ta'ala. He turned in dua. He turned in zikr. He turned by keeping in the right company, by keeping in the environments of deen, by keeping in the environment of the path of Allah Ta'ala, by keeping in the company of the Ahlullah and the pious, by being in the halqas of ta'aleem, by reciting the Qur'an Sharif daily, by keeping far away from the means of sin. And he takes a mujahada, there is some sacrifice involved, but he undertakes the sacrifice for Allah Ta'ala. So now each time he does this, this heart becomes strengthened further and further, more and more. Nabi Islam says that each time the person repels this fitna, what happens after a time, 
this heart becomes like a marble. The Hadith Sharif, the, the example that is given is like marble. Marble is shiny white and is completely hard in the sense that it now won't allow anything from outside to just seep in. But now when it happened, over time, repeatedly, that mujahada, the sacrifice, that repelling, everything else is carrying on out there. People seem to be having a merry time in all the haram. And he says that's all just a deception. That's just a mere outward deception. The reality is totally a complete misery is coming. So I'm not going to get involved in that. But it takes some pain on the heart. See, it doesn't matter. But that pain is bringing a lot of gain. And it's strengthening the heart and strengthening it and strengthening it to the point that this heart becomes like this marble. When it becomes like this marble, it's clean and white and it now doesn't allow any fitna to penetrate. Therefore, Nabi Islam says, La tadurruhu fitnatun samawatu wal ard. The time comes when this heart becomes fitna proof. Like a watch can become waterproof. Anyone's stocks now can become waterproof. And all things can become proof or whatever. They say it's burglar proof. But then you find the burglars on the other side of it. So dunya, that's all insan's claims. Insan's claims, he'll say it's waterproof, you still find some droplets inside it. Then you go for the now refund. But Nabi Islam is saying that Allah Ta'ala will make his heart fitna proof. La tadurruhu fitnatun madamati samawatu wal and if he doesn't do this, he doesn't keep repelling these fitnas, but instead he just keeps absorbing the fitnas. Well, Akharu, the second heart Nabi Sallallahu says is that he just keeps taking whatever he comes. The heart desires to do something, doesn't matter whether it's right or wrong, I must do it. The eyes are desiring to look somewhere, doesn't matter whether this is permissible to look at or totally haram. Doesn't matter that this is a poisonous arrow of shaitan. As in one hadith, Nabi Islam says that Anazru Sahmum min Sihami Iblis Amasmum. That this haram glance, looking at haram, looking at woman, looking at nudity, looking at anything haram, this is a poisonous arrow of shaitan. Allah Ta'ala is saying, the hadith of Qudsi, Nabi Islam is relating that Allah Ta'ala is saying that Mantarakaha Makhafati, the one who will refrain from this out of my fear. Allah Ta'ala's command is Say to the believing men to lower their gazes. Allah Ta'ala's command I'm going to fulfill. Whatever it takes now. What will become the result of this? I will give him such iman in return that he will taste its sweetness in his heart. Some Muhaddisin explained that this tasting of the sweetness means that he will taste the sweetness in terms of the ibadat. That his heart will be now inclined to ibadat. He will start deciding Quran Shari, he won't want to stop. He'll get an enjoyment in his zikr, in his tilawat, in his tasbihat, in dua. Other Muhaddisin say that is, the, that is without saying, that goes without saying, that is obvious. What this means is that this is a physical feeling. This is a reality that he will physically taste a sweetness in his heart. The sweetness of Iman. 
And when he tastes the sweetness of Iman, Allah Ta'ala is beyond giving somebody some sweetness of something in terms of Iman and then taking it, taking it away from him. This too is a basharat of Husna Khatima. So in any case, this person, he made that sacrifice. He didn't, but uh, the person who now just gave him, he didn't worry about whether it's halal or haram. He wants to look somewhere he looked. To do something, whether it is permissible or not, is not bothered. He just does it. Gambling, he's ready for it. Listening to music, he's on for it. All the evils, whatever it is, anything comes. What happens as a result? As a result, this heart gets turned upside down. Kalkuzi mujakhiyan. The hadith Nabi Salaam says, like a cup, like a tumbler, like a vessel that has been turned upside down. And when it's turned upside down, you take one small glass, put it upside down, under the Niagara Falls. It's upside down. There's thousands, hundreds of thousands of liters of water falling every second. But the small glass is upside down, Qiyamah will come, it won't, one drop won't come inside. And you take a big drum, whole tank, and put it under a dripping tap. It's one drop every minute, one drop every hour or so. It's a thousand liter tank, five thousand liter tank. But because it's right side up, though there's one drop coming, inshallah someday that too will get filled. That too will get wet also. You get wet at least. You'll feel something. But it's upside down. Now wait, how it became upside down? It carried on accepting the fitnas. And as a result, لا يعرف معروفا ولا ينكر منكرا إلا ما أشرب من هوا. Now this heart is not interested. لا يعرف معروفا in any good. Not interested in any good. Can't recognize the good. ولا ينكر منكرا. It doesn't refrain from any evil. إِلَّا مَا أُشْرِبَ مِنْ هَوَىٰ The only concern of this heart is what is its desire. And obviously that heart is now already desiring only evil. So now the person goes headlong into any and every evil. So what is the solution? The solution is to bring the heart right side up. Where the heart comes right side up, where the reminders of deen are being given. Where the person is being reminded of Allah Ta'ala again. Where he is being reminded of Akhirat. He's being reminded of how feeble this life is, how temporary this life is, how suddenly a person could just have to move on. Just yesterday or day before yesterday, one person, Stanger, healthy, foot, 39 years old, the morning woke up a fajr, came from masjid, went home, had breakfast, collapsed and passed away. No sign of anything before that. Nothing. Time was up. He went away. When our time is, Allah knows. There's no age restriction that death won't come before a certain age. There's no health issue as a restriction that death will only come to those who are ill, it won't come to those who are healthy. There is no wealth restriction that death will only come to the poor, it won't come to the wealthy. Death will come upon its appointed time to whoever it is come to a person wherever, wherever he is. The time has come, that will take him. So to be ready for that. So now the environments of deen, the environments that bring about this reminder, Ashhadu Allah ilaha illallah, Ashhadu anna Muhammadan Rasulullah, the reminder that I am a follower of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa is the last and final messenger of Allah ta'ala, I am reminding myself that I am his follower. So now that I am his follower, I cannot be neither here nor there. 
There was an author who wrote one book, which the West gave a lot of prominence to that book. Because he was made to write it by them. And he titled that book, The Clash of Civilizations. The Clash of Civilizations. About 8-10 years ago this book was written, or maybe a little bit more than that, 15 years ago. And it was given a lot of prominence at that time. And he was predicting that the time not long to come, there will be this clash of civilizations. He didn't call it clash of religions. Clash of religions, he didn't say. Clash of civilizations, meaning a clash of cultures. The civilization and the culture of Muhammadur Rasulullah on the one side. And then the so-called, the so-called civilization of the West, which is actually uncivilized. There is no culture. And this is what will clash. Now what is a person going to choose? Is he going to choose the civilization and the culture of Rasulullah or the uncivilized life of the West? So now, this reminder in the Azan every day, Ashhadu Anna Muhammad Rasulullah, I am the follower of Rasulullah A person flying to New York can't reach Madina Manora. If he's sitting in the plane that's going to New York, he'll reach New York. Then he can't reach Madina Manawara. Then he can say what he wants to say, can call himself what he wants to call himself, can claim what he wants to claim, but he will reach New York. The person who's sitting in the plane of New York in terms of his way of life, how he's going to meet Nabi Sallallahu The person who's sitting in the plane of, flying in the direction of Madina Manawara in the aircraft of Sunnah, Sunnah way of life, in every aspect of life, making the heart the way Nabi Islam's heart was. His heart completely clean, all incorrect beliefs, from all wrong and bad character, from all kinds of malice for anyone, from every wrong, every evil, completely clean from everything. That kind of heart that Nabi Islam had to aspire to have a heart like that. That kind of life that Nabi Islam lived to aspire to have his kind of life, to follow in his life. So that reminder, Ashhadu Allah ilaha illallah, Ashhadu Anna Muhammad Rasulullah. And then Hayya ala salah, Hayya ala falah. That now the reminder of the greatest obligation after Iman, Salah. And all the success of dunya and akhirat is now in whatever has now already been stated in Ashhadu Allah ilaha illallah, Ashhadu Anna Muhammad Rasulullah, in Hayya ala salah. Person wants to have success in dunya and akhirat, then this is the prescription. And then again, Allahu Akbar, Allahu Akbar, la ilaha illallah. So, Azam is a complete reminder, daily is reminding us. And like the Azam, we need to have this reminder in all the other things of life as well. And the reminder via the muzakaras of deen that take place, the talim that takes place in the masjid, whatever other occasions they are, to remind ourselves of Allah tabarak wa ta'ala. This daily tasbihat, this zikr, tilawat of the Qur'an Sharif, all this is a reminder that we are the servants of Allah ta'ala and we are totally dependent on Allah ta'ala. <coughs> Every good of dunya and akhirat, we need, only way we can get it is from Allah tabarak wa ta'ala. So we have to turn totally to Him. 
So therefore this is something that we should make part and parcel of our life. There should be some daily reminders, in the form of the daily talim, that tasbihat, in the tasbih also, that tasbih of Fatimi, subhanallah, alhamdulillah, Allahu Akbar, in that we are reminding ourselves Allah Ta'ala's greatness. And then together with that all the various amal, and then some muzakaras of deen that take place, the gush that takes place, other amal that take place, become part of all this, this becomes our regular reminders to keep us connected to Allah Tabarak wa Ta'ala and keep growing our connection with Allah Ta'ala. And in this way, inshallah, we will find our dunya also becoming a place of peace and tranquility. And dunya is dunya, dunya has its challenges, dunya has its ups and downs. The real place is akhirat. The real life is a life of akhirat. And in that, when that life of akhirat comes, then a person will really enjoy every success, which Nabi Islam says, that Allah Ta'ala says, أَعْدَدْتُ لِعِبَادِيَ الصَّالِحِينَ مَا لَا عَيْنٌ رَأَدْ وَلَا أُذُنٌ سَمِعَدْ وَلَا خَطَرَ عَلَى قَلْبِ بَشَرْ That I have prepared for my pious servants. What no eye has seen, meaning the bounties of Jannat, which no eye has seen, no ear has ever heard of. Meaning the reality of it, no eye has ever seen, obviously. Whatever we've heard also, which has been mentioned in the Qur'an Sharif, which has been mentioned in the Ahadith, but the reality of it we have never heard. Because the reality of it cannot be explained to a person in dunya. Because he can be told about something that he has experienced, that he has seen. Now he's explained, he can relate to something. When he has never experienced what Jannat is all about, how can he be explained what is Jannat all about? He can be given some very brief description of it. But the reality of it, وَلَا أُذُنٌ سَمِعَتْ وَلَا خَطَرَ عَلَى قَلْبِ بَشَرْ And which no heart can even think about. It has never crossed any heart. This is what Allah Ta'ala has stored in Jannat for His pious servants. May Allah Ta'ala make us also among those servants of His. Allah Ta'ala make us those who totally submit ourselves to Him and keep ourselves obedient to Him at all times. Allah Ta'ala bless us and keep us with Iman, take us with Iman and raise us on the day of Qiyamah with Iman. For a short while we'll make some zikr and then dua inshallah. It is reported in the Hadith Sharif that the person who recites La ilaha illallah hundred times daily, Allah Ta'ala will cause his face to shine like the 14th moon on the day of Qiyamah. What this means is that inshallah with the barakat of this regular recitation, Allah Ta'ala will give him the tawfiq of righteous amal and save him from since this will become the means of this great honor on the day of Qiyamah. So inshallah we should make the effort to recite this kalima hundred times daily. When saying La ilaha, bring to mind that all the ghayrullah, everything that is the destruction for us, all the filth, the evils, everything we have taken from our hearts and thrown out. And illallah, there is this nur that is settling in the heart which is the love of Allah Ta'ala. Recite the Rucharif. لا إله إلا الله محمد رسول الله صلى الله تبارك وتعالى عليه وعلى آله وأصحابه وأصحابه وبارك وسلم تسليما كثيرا كثيرا يا رب صل وسلم دائما أبدا 
على حبيبك خير الخلق كلهم جزا الله عنا نبينا محمدا صلى الله عليه وسلم بما هو اهله لا اله الا الله 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 محمد رسول الله صلى الله تبارك وتعالى عليه وسلم الله جل جلاله عم نواله Allah, 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 Allah,
Allah remove every trace of their illnesses, Ya Allah. Give them complete cure and afiyat, Ya Allah. Allah, those are any financial difficulties, remove it with afiyat, Ya Allah. Grant barakat in each one's risk, Ya Allah. Grant us halal and tayyib risk, Ya Allah. Ilahul alameen, Ya Allah. All those are any kind of difficulties, hardships, anxieties, worries, depression, Ya Allah. Remove it with afiyat, Ya Allah. Ilahul alameen, give happiness and peace to the hearts, Ya Allah. Ilahul alameen, all those who have passed away, fill their qabars with noor, Ya Allah. Make their complete maghfirat, Ya Allah. Give them the highest stages in the akhirat, Ya Allah. Ilahul alameen, at the time of all that take us with the kalim, Allah, ilaha illallah. Muhammadur Rasulullah. Allah, take us on iman kamil, Ya Allah. Take us on tawbat and nasuh, Ya Allah. Allah, save us from a bad death, Ya Allah. Save us from death in a condition of sin, Ya Allah. Save us from death in a place of sin, Ya Allah. Ilahul alameen, Ya Allah. Allah, take us at a time that you are pleased with us and we are pleased with you, Ya Allah. Take our covers, gardens of Jannah for us, Ya Allah. Grant us the shafaat of Rasulullah, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. Ya Allah, give us Jannatul Firdaus without any reckoning, Ya Allah. Ilahul alameen, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, all those who are present, Ya Allah. All those who have raised their hands to this dua. Ya Allah, you don't know of each one's needs, Ya Allah. Grant us each one's needs from the grave, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, Fulfill each one's pious aspirations, Ya Allah. Remove each one's difficulties and hardships, Ya Allah. Remove each one's anxieties and worries and sorrows, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, grant happiness and khair to each one, Ya Allah. Ilahul alameen, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, all those who asked us to make dua for them, Ya Allah, you grant them the best of dunya and akhirat, Ya Allah. Remove all their difficulties and hardships, Ya Allah. Ilahul alameen, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, all the good that Rasulullah begged for, Ya Allah, you grant us the good as well, Ya Allah. Whatever Rasulullah sought refuge from, Ya Allah, you give us refuge as well, Ya Allah. Allahum inna nasaluka min khayri. ما سألك منه نبيك وحبيبك سيدنا محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم ونعوذ بك من شر ما سعادك منه نبيك وحبيبك سيدنا محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم أنت المستعان وعليك البلاغ ولا حول ولا قوة إلا بالله العلي العظيم وصلى الله تعالى على خير خلقه سيدنا محمد وآله وصحبه معين والحمد لله